You're listening to Two Tape Decks and a Mixing Board, a podcast about life through the lens of music. Welcome to the show. I'm Jay Max, safe in my subterranean bunker in St. Charles, Missouri. And this is Sam Wade out in Los Angeles. And we got a really exciting show coming up for you. We're going to talk to a couple really, really cool spaced out dudes. Before we get to that, though, I'd just like to remind our listeners very quickly that a new episode of Two Tape Decks and a Mixing Board drops every Wednesday on all pretty much all major streaming services, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcast. And then on Saturday, we drop something which is called a B-side, which we just got done recording, which is something I put a great deal of time into, maybe too much time into. I guess we'd have to defer to Sam Wade and some of our guests on that one, which is kind of a squirrely topic, which has nothing to do with anything else on, on the show. We couldn't do a whole show based on a B-side. So check out the B-sides on Saturday. Sam, you want to introduce our guest? J-Mac, I'm really excited to announce our guest uh, on the show. we got Patrick Lawrence and uh, uh, Emilio Hernandez from Occults. Uh, both of these guys have been making music uh, for a long time, and uh, I'm so excited to have them on the show. Uh, they just dropped a new track uh, on the 13th, on Friday the 13th, called Physical. I think we're going to be able to take a listen to that and uh, just kind of chat about their process. Say what's up, guys. Hey, how's it going? Hey there. First of all, I love the name Occults. Does that mean you guys like do devil music? <laughs> we dabble. We <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Actually, we, it was. I, it's sort of a weird marriage of of concepts where we have been. Uh, Emilio and I have. We're, this is the twentieth year that we have been making music together. Nice. Uh, coming up, actually, I think next month, and uh, we were uh, previously we we're in the band Nothing Still, right. and uh, technically we still are, but. After we we tried to get some things up and running around 2018 to uh, write some new music, record a new album, and I think everybody's lives have just kind of gone their own separate ways, and it's just really hard, you know, getting everybody on the same page at the same time. Sure. But what it did do was it started to kind of open up the door with, like, what we were able to do now that we weren't able to do in our prime. Mm. And... uh, for that, for us, that was the ability to record and make music that we've always loved and were never really talented enough to do. <laughs> uh, and uh, it all, and so what we were doing with Nothing Still, recording new songs there, sort of transformed into this other thing that wasn't going to fit with the band. Yeah. And uh, so Emilio started sending me these tracks one by one. And every single one of them, I thought, oh, man, that's that's like the Smiths. Oh, that's the Cure. That's like these are everything, everything we always loved. Like when when we were both, you know, 17, 18 years old and we were like, that's the music we want to make. But we didn't you know, we couldn't play good enough to actually or were songwriters good enough to like make those songs that like now we can't. And uh, we were just like, we have to do something with this. And so it was the idea of a cult was a marriage of this you know shoegaze post-punk uh style of music and also this sort of like dark witchcraft thing that we 
we're starting to do with the resurgence of nothing still in 2018. And uh, we're just like, let's go even further with that. And so we wanted, we wanted a name that sort of reflected that. And we fell on a cult, which we both, we both really loved. It's a very dark, mysterious name. I like it. It kind of, it lends to your sound. When you said the cure, that was that was one of the big influences I heard in the music. It, it definitely there's that kind of yeah, shoegaze, post punk, kind of eighties thing. It's but it's a darkness that I like. It's it, but it's there's a beauty to it too, which is really uh, the standout thing for me. It's not just all dark. It actually kind of sucks you in with its the melody and and just the overall lush production. It's really well done. Yeah, I think I think that the the cure elements a lot for me is just it's i've always been infatuated with the sound of robert smith's guitars and so it's always that like that bass six that he has mm-hmm. which i have yet to own one but just the sound the chorus he sounds on it i love that tone and so it's something i try to like even if it's in just the slightest bit in in any of our songs it's it's usually kind of tucked away in there somewhere just as an homage that was one of the first things I noticed on the, on the tracks is the is the kind of the the chorus sound on the guitars. It's like you guys nailed it uh, for that for that vibe. I mean, I'm hearing like shades of like unknown pleasures uh, over these tracks you guys have released as well. You know, like coming from that kind of a place, uh, which I'm sure was completely intentional and so cool. I, I think you know yeah. we should we should um, you know this this single you guys just dropped physical. Um, why don't we give give it a chance uh, for our listeners to check it out and we'll just play it on the air and then we'll talk about it afterwards. Does that sound good? Awesome. All right. So this is a cult's physical.
To quote Darth Vader, impressive, most impressive. (laughs) (laughs) I just got one question. Which John Hughes film soundtrack is this song going to appear on next? Dude, oh, you took man. the words out of my mouth, dude. This this has got to be on. You got to think about syncing this up, dude. This is really. I see this on a movie. It's amazing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's that's also like an avenue that that we were like, we, we got to figure out how to get sync licensing going right. with, with this group. I mean, all I want to see is Judd Nelson with his fist in the air while the song is playing. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's so good. Well, Sam, you nailed, you nailed it with the guitar tone. You guys, that's. That's, I mean, that's a really clear, really, I love that guitar tone. Is, I mean, this is a little uh, tech. Is that a Strat? What what kind of guitar are you guys playing there? Uh, actually using for that one was, I have a, a Johnny Marr signature Jaguar. Nice. Oh, Johnny Marr. Yeah, sweet. Uh, huge influence of mine as well. Him and Robert Smith, probably my top two. And uh, yeah, at that middle, middle position on that, just, it's so like, it's, it's like that little bit more than a jazz master that for some reason just kind of worked itself out. Just sounded great for me. It sounds amazing. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Now who does what you guys just do everything together. <laughs> we, we hold hands while we write. And, uh... No, no, no. He's smart ass. <laughs> uh, when we're together, we do hold hands while we write. As a matter of fact. I meant right. instruments. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, <laughs> hey, look, whatever is, you know, creating the music, you guys found a good formula, so. <laughs> yeah, whatever your process is, that's fine. No judgment here. Yeah. But who does the vocals? Both of you? That's all Emilio. Nice. Yeah, so uh, typically everything kind of starts as just frameworks of what I'm looking to do. Um, that particular one, Patrick came to me and was like, what do you think about covering a song? And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. You know, like, yeah. I think it's a perfect thing. Uh, Dua Lipa is, I always call her my future ex-wife. Um, <laughs> I like, I divorce my wife to go marry her just to get divorced after she's disappointed with me. <laughs> and so and hope that yep. your wife takes you back. After. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, she already knows it's good. It's, it was, yeah, it's in prenups and everything like that. We're good. Right. 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 Um, yeah. This was, this was specifically this was a this was a track that both both of us were were constantly always talking about Dua Lipa stuff and uh, I said, you know, you know that song Physical just kind of has a shoegaze vibe to it, which you wouldn't which you wouldn't pick up by listening to the original, right? And so, and and Emilio was like, absolutely. And we just started messing around with it. And it took a while to get it in the right zone and to find, uh, you know, the right tone for it. But once we got it there, we were like, sure shit. Like it, it fits, it fits the vibe for sure. And, and, and that's what we wanted it. To, we knew we wanted it to be our second signal because we wanted, we were hoping maybe to bring in a new audience who would then, you know, dig our other stuff as well as, as we continue to that makes a lot of sense and i think that it you know like the the reinterpretation that you guys did it totally nails um it hits on so many marks because it fits into the vibe that you guys are creating around um this new project but it also i mean it's gonna hit hard i think um you know i'm i'm excited to see uh what the reactions are as it gets more uh, out there like what do you guys have plans for for this release like um what have you been doing to get it to get it out there 
we were mainly focusing our attention on sort of like a global scale, which was, you know, we're so used to focusing on a local scale uh, with our bands. And so this is sort of like a new venture where we're like looking at it as sort of like there, there are no boundaries. Mm -hmm. And so we're just, our outreach is basically worldwide and we're trying to find outlets for it just in terms of, you know, we're, we're on Spotify, Apple music and all of that, right. but then also like, you know, focusing on playlists and just sort of planting the seeds. Cause we sort of understand that what we're doing, you know, in our mid thirties, we're not looking to become overnight rock stars. We're just looking to like, like I said, like make the music we've always wanted to make. And then hopefully it finds an audience. And and the shoegaze, post-punk, dark wave, like yep. there seems to be, there's a bit of a resurgence going on and we're kind of hoping we can be on the wave as it happens. Are, are you guys uh, planning on, on, on doing this live as well? Are you, are you going to book some shows and, and play this? Is this like an online thing that you're doing mostly? Like what's your plans for that? You know, we, we've, uh, we have that conversation about once every couple of weeks <laughs> Um, given the fact of just, cause I record so much of, of the music. I mean, when it comes to, you know, the bass parts, the guitar parts, there's usually three to f sometimes four or five guitars that are playing on it. Um, it's, it'd be really hard to do live for just the two of us. Right. Um, but we have, I guess I would put it ideas on the back burner if we were to go and, you know, have to put together a band. Um, but as it stands right now, I mean, I kind of just taken the approach of just, you know, let's see where it goes online um, and move from there. You know, I mean, I look at a lot of the idea that I had was from, uh, you know, when, when Johnny Marr uh, was doing electronic, uh, his project in the eighties, they never had plans to tour. And I mean, even still, they never, they didn't really tour other than doing interviews. Mm -hmm. um and i kind of have that same type of thing it's like well if this goes somewhere then i think we can put together what we need to go and and do it live yeah but in the meantime let's just enjoy what we're doing see what happens and move from there it's also interesting that this is a project that was birthed out of the pandemic out of quarantine mm -hmm. and so we were kind of observing how other bands were doing things um, especially in terms of like playing shows, like doing like live broadcasts and things like that. And as a spectator, I found it, I remember very specifically the band, the sounds did a concert from Sweden and this was like April or May of 2020. So it was like right at the start of quarantine. Right. And I was texting Amelia the whole time. And I was just like, you know what? This is great because people don't have to leave the house. They don't have to go to some some kind of dark, mysterious club in a part of town they don't want to go to or like leave their families for whatever it is that their excuses are to go see a show. And they can sit at home and they can watch exactly the show as it would be intended. And I think that kind of experience all of a sudden made it more appealing. Like, obviously, I, I love going to live concerts. I'm not really interested in going to one right now, but yeah, it's it, it's a little complicated right now. <laughs> yeah, but as a performer, I thought you know I it, it's I can might even be able to get. I mean, you're, and again, talking on a worldwide scale, it's like 
we could get thousands of viewers to watch a live broadcast of something or if, if we choose to do so. And so all basically all of that is to say that it's the freedom that we've kind of found about just sort of like doing things remotely and and uh, releasing it. And then, you know, like I said, planting the seeds and seeing where they grow. I dig that, you know, because uh, the, the landscape of music, you know, has been changing really since the late nineties, you know, with, with Napster and then how things have progressed. And then with, you know, influencer culture and digital streaming, the way that all these things have affected, um, how we consume music and how, you know, a lot of releases really are playlist driven now or syncing, um, you know, with, with TV show or a film and people find the music that way. Um, but we've also seen, you know, I, I think through this process of, of going through the pandemic, there's been a whole like culture shift in the way that people are creating and consuming music as well. And I could definitely see you guys like on the on the wave of that. It's it, it's exciting to see you have that kind of passion for creating this music right now and just getting it out there, because really, there's like very few barriers from getting the music out. Is that is that what you guys have seen? Seems that way. Yeah, I th- well, one of our models that we decided to do with this one is we we're just going to focus on singles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that came from, it, it was sort of like a, I, I think when that shift started to happen again, where like, you know, the music industry started with singles to begin with and then became like a full album thing. Everybody has to have a full album. And then right at the you know, 2010s, like you started to see more of a shift back into let's just focus on singles. And we didn't have anything going at that time, but we came from an era where we were like, okay, we got to write an album. We got to write an EP. We got to have this many songs before we could put anything out. And so this time around, we're like, we don't want to do that. And And we've written already enough content for a full album but what we'd rather do is just release them all one at a time. So that way there's a steady stream of content coming out and not this sort of like, hi, here's an EP's worth of songs. And now you won't hear from us again for another year. Right. So in, in, in this model, the way that we want to do it, that occults will be continually in your face with new content every month that we are just going to keep releasing new singles. And, and, and then how I see it is sort of like waves of music where we will, we will sort of uh, accumulate a wave of, of tracks that will become an EP and then we will move on to the next wave. Yeah, that makes sense. And so that's, that's going to be sort of the focus. So, so yeah, so people have been asking me like, Oh, this is great. When where can I hear more? And that's exactly it. Every month we're going to be releasing a new track. And we're just going to be continuing to uh, evolve and improve on the sound. And, you know, like I said, every time I get a track from Emilio, I'm like, wow, okay, that's, that reminds me of this and let's focus on that. So, so it's, it's, it's continually evolving into more and more, like, it's just better and better, like things that like, I wish that we had been doing 20 years ago. Well, it's so funny how that music has changed to be more singles driven. If you think about it, a 10 or 12 song album, that that could last you a year. So rather than dropping it all at once, space it out month, month, maybe six weeks at a time, keep people's interest. 
gives you a chance to maybe change your sound midstream, so to speak. Unless I mean, there's something about committing to a sound for a whole album, which I, I mean, I'm a big fan of that too. But but in this this day and age in this market, to be able to kind of tweak your sound through, through like through a six to twelve month period, so they can actually watch you evolve. That's kind of an exciting way to do it, as opposed to just sitting down and just kind of you know, laying out an egg of 10 to 12 songs. Um, yeah, so Bravo, I think that's a great idea. I think it's a singles market now. People don't buy albums. It is. Lo- like it or love it, they just don't buy albums. They they want to hear stuff streaming. They want single songs, short attention span theater. I, I think that I think a lot of it has to do too with just the the wave of between social media influencers, TikTok, you know, I mean, I have young kids that are on TikTok all of the time. And you see how big singles get so fast. Yeah. It's you crazy. know, and I think that it, a lot of it has to do with just kind of that instant gratification. Like, and when you look at those influencers, they are a constant stream of, you know, they want to put out content right. all of the time. And I feel like music almost has to kind of go that direction nowadays because people will get a single and we'll listen to that. And they're burnt out on it within, you know, a couple of days, a couple you know, a week or something like that. And so you kind of have to keep this attention span going because the attention span is just so small now, but, you know, I see things like the way that the, you know, the songs that are popping up on TikTok and then they become these trends. I mean, even stuff in terms of my, you know, my daughter plays this song all the time. It's, uh, it's a Russian goth band. Nice. Um, Molkat Doma. It's a uh, Molkat Doma. <clears throat> and they're constantly. Oh yeah. Everybody knows them. Everybody knows Molkat Doma. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're constantly on these TikToks that these people do like, Oh, here's what it's like in America. Here's what it's like in Russia. Uh-huh. And they constantly use a song. So it's a constant stream of these songs. And so I start hearing this song and picking it up from like, random you know one-off videos that i'm seeing scroll across facebook and i'm like man this band's actually like kind of big and then all of a sudden i'm seeing oh well they're coming to the states now and they're playing the states next year you know and it's like just looking the way that those types of things happen and all it is it's it's russian goth band like (laughs) that's not something i i picture you know like as gaining steam you know this is that's the kind of music that that is you don't see is catching that much, you know, snowballing that much. And I think that that's kind of what the approach that we're looking at doing is just, you know, keeping an ever, uh, a constantly flowing stream of content for people, I think really will help keep the attention span. I think that that's a really cool approach. It, it, it makes a lot of sense. I, I want to hear a little bit more about your process um, as you're creating this content as well. Like, so you mentioned that you have you know enough songs right now where you could release an album if you wanted to. But I'm curious, um, how do you approach writing the song? You know, because one of the things that we like to do on the show is is kind of um, you know help aspiring songwriters or seasoned songwriters. We like to talk about the process. Are you guys are you are you writing out the the lyrics first? Are you starting with the groove? Like how do how are these things coming together or is it like a like a like a hybrid? I, you know, it really is a kind of a hybrid I guess in a sense. Uh a lot of times what will happen is I mean I have a handful of playlists that I listen to all the time 
And I'm always, you know, in Spotify playlists, checking out new stuff, seeing what new bands are doing, hearing what old bands were doing and learning, going back and learning stuff. You know, I, I think that, you know, having with COVID coming along, uh, I think it kind of, it helped me, it inspired me to want to become a better musician. So I started going back and learning songs that I've always wanted to learn by guitar players that always influenced me. And what's cool is that it helped develop like a, a new techniques, you know, just new things, new ways for me to play. So coming through writing, I, a lot of times I'll approach it just off of like, man, I really like the way this song is laid out. Mm -hmm. I like that they did something different here. It's not just a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, you know, bridge out, you know? So a lot of times coming into it, I'll probably just start with, I usually will lay down a um, just a random drum track mm -hmm. that is just something that feeds the mood of what I'm looking for and start building off of it. I take the approach from a lot of the production I used to do. I, I used to do a lot of like EDM dance music production and stuff like that. Gotcha. And so I always started with beats first and then would move into bass. And then guitar is where I really get to have fun because I just get to sit there and play with noises all day. And track stuff you know yeah. and if it works it works and a lot of times when i start getting frameworks together like that i'll shoot everything over to patrick and patrick is usually like well i hate these drums that you put in here so <laughs> i want to make those better <clears throat> but other than that i like the idea of where it's going and we just we kind of bounce a lot of ideas back and forth between each other of like well what if we change you know what if the, the course didn't come in right here. What if we, you know, ended it different? And so that's kind of, it's been a really cool collaborative process cool. with us because being able to, you know, the internet obviously helps a ton, you know, and this is stuff that we couldn't have done back, you know, when we first were starting stuff and having that outlet to be able to go, okay, well, here's just a framework of something that I'm working on and it may get shelved. You know, I mean, we have there's a, even a handful of songs that have been shelved because they just weren't working for the time being. Well, they could like birth into other ideas further on down the line. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And I feel like that's a lot of times what's what's been happening. And that's also kind of helped whenever it comes to releasing things monthly. I think that that's a really great way of doing it because of the fact of, you know, we all have those albums that were like, man, love this album hate these two songs that are on this album. <laughs> yeah. It's all the time. You're always going to have, you know, the songs that you just don't like on an album. Well, this kind of gives us an opportunity to not really have to think about that. Anything yeah. that we're putting out, we don't have to go, man, am I going to listen to this later? And I'm going to cringe like after this <laughs> is out because, you know, we have old stuff that we feel like we've rushed out. We rushed to get it out because we did, just didn't have other songs. Yeah. But now we can kind of build things, really take our time, you know, having it monthly, we're able to stay and go, okay, well, we already have stuff through the end of the year, so we can kind of take our time on the newer stuff that's going. And it's really helping us take our time. I mean, that's the best advice in terms of, you know, making music. It's, it's not a race. It's never a race. Well, having some time to kind of bounce, bounce stuff off each other too can you know, gives you more opportunity to be fearless, you know, with your ideas and kind of like really let them kind of breathe sometimes and kind of take risks, you know, yeah, push it further. We've definitely, some of these tracks 
like we've been living with little joy our first single great song. i think we, we've been living with that since like november uh wow. and we just we just kept kind of working it and working it and working it and that's part of what my role in the band is because since emilio is so deep in the songwriting process and i'm the i'm the drummer uh part of my my thing is beyond you know coming up with the, the drums of the, the backbeat of the song the rhythm of it um i also do uh the lyrics and i'm also sort of the uh pessimist of <laughs> of the group where i i sort of what emilio just touched upon was that when i think about our previous music our previous band there are things that we did that i regret and that i'm like i really wish that we hadn't done that or we hadn't released that song or 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 songs song specifically songs on an album that i think should never have even been recorded sure and and so part of my job is to be that gatekeeper that when emilio comes to me with something and i'm like yeah i'm just not so sure about this one or if it goes in a weird direction to also go back to the monthly thing what is great is that we got a really great response from little joy and we knew that we were doing physical second and so we had our our third single which is a track called sacred heart that we were we we had basically queued up and we started realizing that we were getting a really good response from little joy and the track that we're currently working on called ghost town was sort of similar and so we were like maybe we should bump up ghost town and push uh sacred heart back a month so that way there's a little bit more of like you i got like you. this yeah we're gonna give you a little bit more of that and then in between give you something different so that's cool um that's what's cool about it whereas with an album you're like basically putting all your eggs in a basket and saying here you go and see you in another two years when we can afford <laughs> to get in the studio again right <laughs> And so, and so it's great. So we're, we're able to sort of like listen to the audience and vibe off of what they're responding to and then make choices based on that. And uh, I'm already very excited for people to hear Ghost Town, which will be coming out next month. But nice. um, just beyond that, it's like um, our track Sacred Heart, uh, which will be coming out in October, that one, it's, it's really cool because we we're wanting to do something different and very early on Amelia and I are uh, obsessed with this country artist Orville Peck and nice. Orville Peck has this really great sort of like Twin Peaks uh, you know David Lynch sort of vibe to his music and I was like what if we did something like Orville Peck meets Shoegaze or you know Orville Peck meets the I could see that and Emilio just sat down with a guitar and a slide and wrote this unbelievable shoegazy song that sounds unlike anything you've ever heard from a shoegaze band. So, and so that that's one that I believe is it, 20 years of working together. I believe that Sacred Heart is probably the best song we've ever written. And, uh, and so I'm really excited for that one to come out. Well, now I want to hear like, that one. Like, Let's play it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll come. We'll come back on two tapes podcast okay, when uh, when <laughs> when that one comes out. But yeah, that's the thing. It's like you have to sort of like pace yourself because it's like, yeah. let's not put it all out at one time. Let's basically keep, you know, putting out the breadcrumbs so people want to keep 
coming back to our Spotify page and want to keep coming back to our Facebook and see what we're doing. So that's the plan. Ghost Town. Yeah. You, are you kidding me? You're just going to tease me with that? I can't wait to hear that song. <laughs> okay. So, so, so I got one question though, real quick before you move on, J-Mac. Patrick, you said that you're the gatekeeper. Uh, who does that make the, uh, the key master? The key master? Yeah. Emilio's the key master. All right. All right. I just wanted to check. <laughs> That's right. Okay. So where can people get your stuff? I know you mentioned it already, but we like to repeat it at least once or twice so people remember. And we'll put a link up on our, on our Facebook page so people can find occults. Tell them where they can get it, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Let me make sure I, I say this right and that I don't get it backwards. So we're everywhere at uh, Occults Official. So Instagram, Occults Official, Twitter, you know, we're on YouTube Music. So you can go on YouTube and you can stream any of our singles. Um, and then more importantly, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Prime, if you've got that. Um, we're on everything. Title, <laughs> if you're into title. Uh, but yeah, 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 just look up Occults and uh, you'll see our very moody uh, photograph and uh, that's it. Look for the track Little Joy, which is currently out in our brand new single physical. Nice. You can also get our songs on TikTok if you want to use them for uh, any we're, fancy dance moves. We are also on TikTok. <laughs> so for another fantastic episode of Two Tape Decks and a Mixing Board, my name is Jay Mack. And I'm Sam Wade. I'm Patrick Lawrence. And I'm Emilio Hernandez. Saying until next week, Stay Cosmic. cosmic.